All right. So who's hosting? You are. I think you are. I am. Oh crap. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, it's been a while, but welcome to the DBO Starside Lounge podcast. We <clears throat> uh, finally got our act together and decided to do this again. I'm not sure that first part is true. Oh. <laughs> uh, we never have our act together. Uh, everybody's microphones are on. I think I'm recording. All right, we're good. <laughs> Just Shut up, Colin. Um, so with us, we've got <laughs> Claude Herrera. Who? Hey. Who? And who? You. Wait, yeah. I thought I thought Louis Wu was going to be here. <laughs> and uh, we got Master Biggie. Hello. And Xenos. Hello. And Leviathan. Hello. And if there's anyone else, uh, I don't know that you're in here. So, hi. <laughs> okay, we're clear. So, uh, there's this new expansion coming out for Destiny, The Taken King. Um, and a couple of us were on hand at E3 to sort of see it in action. Um, and just sort of want to start with everybody's thoughts. Well... I think, I think Sunbreaker proves once again that Titan is the master race. <laughs> Until you get mm. shut down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know how good the Night Stalker is going to be for PvP. But... Oh my god, it's the best! It's actually yeah? surprisingly oh. good. Yeah? It yeah. It's, it's a little ridiculous. And I, I love the fact that they basically... You won't get a have... huge number of kills, but you will participate in most of the kills your team gets yeah yeah well and i love the fact that their smoke thing is basically like another grenade they have which is awesome yeah so uh so they had the big sony reveal did who who watched it i was there i did not watch it i watched it yeah what'd you guys think we were sort of expecting something right yeah I mean, it was it was just the trailer and the actual reveal, which was really cool. It was a really exciting trailer, um, but the cool stuff was mostly after the reveal, with the interviews and the the Vidoc, So yeah, so I haven't even seen the interviews yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, are they are they recorded anywhere? Uh, I I can probably get you the list of them. I have them all saved. I meant to. I put some of my favorites on the front page. I meant to add more to it, and I just forgot. Yeah, we should definitely post a, a link with this. Um, so th sort of the big thing that's happening story-wise is Oryx uh, is coming to town, <laughs> and uh, he's kind of crazy scary-looking, but we don't know much else than that. Um, he has some cheesy lines. We know that. <laughs> yes. I heard about that one. It wouldn't be a Destiny game without cheesy lines. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I couldn't... when the uh, In the announced trailer, when he says, like, he killed his son with his own sword, I kept thinking of the line from Serenity. I was like, oh, yeah. he killed me now with his sword. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't shake it. First time I heard it. Never went away. Nope. I think that's one of the things I'm really excited about, though, is is story in the in the expansion, because they they seem to be really trying to get across the idea that yeah we know 
the story was a little light in Vanilla Destiny, and we're we're gonna try and do better. In, so, in some of the clips, it almost looked like there w- were actual cinematics, or they were. I mean, it could have just been stuff that Bungie was using to, I mean, demo the, you know, look good for the trailer or whatever. But uh, like when the you see your own uh, jump ship fly by and stuff when you're, um, I think exploring the hive. I don't know if we have a name for that capital ship, but stuff like that that seems like dreadnought. Uh, yeah, dreadnought. So that stuff seems to tie into a more. Uh, more of a presentation, at least, for the story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. I, story is something that Bungie's always had in their pocket, and having it missing from the first year of Destiny really was was kind of a shock. And uh, I'm hoping that starts to flourish as we go forward. Agreed. I think we're already seeing the beginning of that. I think House of Wolves has a more substantial story and a more fleshed out cast of characters than the stuff that came before it. I love field work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just well, hearing multiple people talk on the radio is a is is a welcome addition. And and even having them interact cuz yeah, yeah. Really it, it's been us interacting with the ghost and our ghost interacting with other characters but Nobody else ever talked to each other. Yeah, yeah, and buttons. <laughs> I like the whole uh, Varix Petra thing. Uh, yeah, especially like when you go in uh, the strike on the moon. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they sort of had this like back and forth conversation, and then she gets cut off of the communications, and and Varric stays with you. And I, I liked how that played out. So hopefully, yeah, they've got this in mind, and with the Taken King, we'll see a lot more. Fingers are crossed. Absolutely. So I think sort of the big, to me, the big banner addition, apart from story, uh, for the Taken King is we've got three new subclasses. We're going to fill out the, the spectrum. I think that's, clearly that's been planned since day one, right? It's just. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, they conveniently left out like. That void for a while. Uh, void, yeah. Void for uh, Hunter and what's it? Solar for Titan. Yeah, they've like left out things, and now they're getting them. Yeah, right. What are you guys' impressions? I I like that they don't feel like like rehashes of of another subclass. Mm-hmm. They feel very new and not like oh, we're just gonna take another subclass and change the color a little bit. Right. Like the the, the warlock didn't get a gunslinger effect. Right. Right. Yeah, so with uh, Titans, we got the Sunbreaker. Uh, Hunters, we got Night Stalker. And with the Warlocks, we had the Storm Color. So that's the Solar Void and Arc. Yeah. Um, what's everybody's favorite? <laughs> I, I'm guessing most of us aren't changing from our primary uh, class. Oh, I'm, I am. I'm all for Hunter. <laughs> Who is? I. I'm definitely switching. I'm switching from Warlock to Hunter. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I thought of the three, the least fun and the least impressive was the Warlock. <laughs> I was worried about the Warlock until... So, we'll get to this later. Um, but on the show floor, I, I got to play it a couple times. And I finally got the hang of how Warlock works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm back to feeling pretty good about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, it 
Well, so as we just said, like these aren't rehashes of something that's already there. So I feel like um, when you sit down and play them for the first little bit, it's completely new. You have to figure out the new mechanics. You have to figure out the new strategies, how these things are going to work together. And for me, the, the Warlock had a weird learning curve. I kind of felt that way about the Hunter. The mm-hmm. first time I tried the Hunter, I I only used the uh, the bow as a as an enemy as a as a well as a bow, right? Sort of like right. the golden gun, right? Yeah, exactly. And I and I felt like it wasn't like I I didn't feel like it was that strong. But then I started to watch people using it as a capture device, and it is astoundingly powerful. It's brutal. And it doesn't also wipe supers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So the hunter bow, um, when you shoot someone with it, so on the show floor they didn't have the full build for any of the three. They didn't have those like built out all the way. Right. So we couldn't experience what the tree looked like when it was completely filled out. Um, so like in the video, there's a point where the the hunter's firing multiple shots at a time, yeah. and we didn't get to play with that. On a, and somebody uh, on Reddit filled out the tree basically from all the people together looking at the trees in game. Oh. Oh, so wow. actually, That's really cool. So we so know we what know, they're supposed to be. Right. Well, at least in that build, of course. <laughs> right. So, so that was, that was yeah. something they made very clear on the show floor. They said the stuff that's not that the stuff that's filled out will be in the final game. The stuff that's not filled out is not filled out because it's not permanent yet. It's we haven't decided that these are the these are the steps we're going to take. So right. anything that pe- that w- that people found by doing that is potentially useless information. Right. Well, and I I figure there's probably the things that you saw in the trailers are pretty safe. Like uh, like you see the hunter do the the sidestep or evade or whatever you want to call it. Right. And that's probably so, the thing I'm most excited about. So that was grayed out on the build, and that's what Claude's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I think they're going to show it off in the video. Uh, mm, there's a certain I'm, amount of. I'm used to them showing things and it not being there. (laughs) (laughs) Bungie doesn't have a history of that. What are you talking about? What? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Wrong studio. (laughs) So, yeah, so with with a Night Stalker, well, I guess we can explain them real quick because I think there's a lot of nuance. Um, When we did get some hands-on time with the classes, uh, there are some neat little tricks that you can do that aren't obvious at first. So, like, the Hunter bow, when you shoot with it, Whatever it hit, if you hit a target, it's gonna die. But there's sort of it, it hits, and then there's a beat, and then it explodes. And when it explodes, it leaves this little void sphere thing behind, sort of like a warlock. Um, the I forget what you call it, just the, the static grenade that sits there. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but what it does is, as long as it's active, which is like ten seconds or so, it's kind of a long time. Um, it'll shoot these little tendrils of void energy out at anything hostile and if you get caught in that it's a, it's like a suppression grenade but you also you can't move and your super gets knocked out and you're just like a total sitting duck and so one <laughs> yep. hunter can quite literally shut down an entire other team if they're grouped together yeah yep uh, i'm excited about it <laughs> yeah it is it is brutal um and then, like the the Titan, with the the hammer throwing, are you excited about that, Claude? I am very excited about that, and not just the throwing. He becomes a tank, a real tank. 
when he's running around. There is yeah. nothing that can stand up to him while he's supered. Pretty much. Well, that, I mean, I ran into a room full of full of the enemy, and the whole room fell down. There's nothing they could do. Yeah. Yeah, and so it does one of those things. So, like, when the... Um, so, you know how, like, the gunslinger with a throwing knife, if, if you're up close, it does one thing, but if you're far away, it'll actually try to throw the knife? Right. right. I don't know if you noticed, but the, the Titan Hammer, I think, does a similar thing. It does exactly that, yeah. which makes it ridiculously powerful because you come around a corner and the guy you want to kill is 10 steps away, so you can't punch him, but you can throw your hammer at him. Yep. And if he is close enough and you pull the trigger, you do this like undercut thing and you hit him and he just explodes. <laughs> but I saw they, the, the thrown hammers have a, a ballistic tra trajectory, which, which is interesting because I think that's kind of... Like I'm used to the, the gunslinger kind of thing where it's you know you point at him and you hit him straight shot right yeah so at least it's not like somebody can just point at three people and kill him super fast because I was worried it was going to be overpowered watching all those trailers it has a pretty good range yeah yeah but at least you have to it takes a little bit more nuance than just point and kill but, but the <laughs> yeah. warlock nova bomb is the same way right. The right. Warlock Nova Bomb, if you throw it straight and your target's any distance away, it's going to smash onto the ground in front of you and do nothing. Right. Well, there's a little bit it. of AoE with that. If you throw the hammer and you miss, you miss. There's no damage. Well, there is some AoE to the hammer. But not as much as... on impact. Not, not as, as much, much as Nova Bomb. No. Yeah. No, no, no. No. All right. Fair enough. But then again, the Nova Bomb you get one of, and I get, you Twelve. know, <laughs> a lot of hammers. <laughs> I think somebody said 12. I'm not sure about that. I think it. I think it's a time thing, and so it depends on you know how fast it's it's counting down. And I right. think we we haven't seen all the things that affect that countdown. The same way we you know the same way the the blade dancer has a variable time of action depending on what else is active, right? What, what boots he's wearing and all that fun stuff. So twelve is probably a decent number, but um, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, like, I guess if it if you're throwing the hammer further away, it does it take longer for the hammer to come back to you? So do you get like fewer throws? If no. As soon as it hits something, you're you can't throw the next one until the first one connects with something. Okay. But that doesn't have to be a person. It can be the wall or anything. Got it. And then it, it was the, the wall next. a lot for you, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Man. Just calling it as I see it. <laughs> I hope when you activate the hammer that it starts playing the Super Smash Brothers uh, hammer music when you... The the three kill in one shot is, is a hammer time metal. Yep. <laughs> and it does make a cool sound. It's like somebody hitting a forge with a, <laughs> a big old hammer. Well, no, or hitting an look, anvil. The look of that hammer is gorgeous too. Yeah. With the bird on one side. I don't think I ever noticed the bird. I don't think so either. There's a the the artist posted a posted the uh, the art for it. So cool. I like when they do that. There's so much there they just don't get to see in game. Even if you're like inspecting. Yeah, I wish the inspecting was like uh, Skyrim, where you could rotate it around and zoom in. Yeah. Because they've got all the other features there. They hide the menu. They show it up. Big, but you can't do anything else to it. So, Claude and Biggie, did you guys uh, get to use the Warlock at all? 
Yeah, I, I play Warlock, so that was my first go-to. Um, I I liked it. Like, it was cool because it combines, you know, Destiny and kind of Star Wars, the <laughs> super. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm I'm not a big fan of Blade Dancer, and that kind of felt like a Blade Dancer type super. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't terrible. Just of the three, it was my least favorite. I, I tried it once and did miserably with it and decided I was going to leave it alone. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, so what we saw on the show floor was that a lot of people... Um, so the way it works, so once you cast your super, then you just run around and you have to you still have to point, you have to aim, kind of. Um, but you hold down your trigger or your bumper and it will... It fires out lightning, but you have to keep holding the, the trigger. And yeah. a lot of people were treating it like the Blade Dancer, where they were just doing tap, tap, tap. And you're not going to get damage output with that way. So a lot of people were feeling underwhelmed. And then when you started explaining, like, oh, if you hold the thing down, then you'll do a lot more damage. And that sort of turned around for a lot of people. But it's not obvious at first. Hmm. No, definitely not. Interesting. Yeah. And then the, what's crazy about it is it arcs, or it uh, chain, does chain lightning. So if you're chasing a whole team and the you know the back guy is still visible but the rest of the team's managed to get around a corner if you if you can get the back guy you're going to get the whole rest of the team too oh cool because <laughs> it'll just arc off of them and keep going so one thing i do like about these supers is they seem to complement each other a little more than in previous so like if someone gets their void bow and locks you know let's say three or four targets and then that tight um warlock does his super and he chains his oh my goodness yeah. thing through <laughs> all those players like that's you know did do some damage with that yep lots of orbs lots of orbs that's one thing i don't know how the uh, the orb generation works for the the hunter bow i don't know if you have to actually make a kill or if it's I, like just locking down a target i i would guess it's if a target you lock down dies just just based on the way that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that seems yeah, like the I most mean, fair. Yeah. Huh. So, Claude, I know you only have a couple minutes left. Is there anything that you'd like to really sort of jump into? We can fast forward. Or oh goodness gracious! Um, did you guys play I, the new uh, game types? We did. Yeah. yeah. I so I enjoyed um, Mayhem way more than I enjoyed Rift, but mm-hmm. I enjoyed them both. The problem with Rift was I I kept finding myself. The map, one of the maps they were using is very open in the sense that um, there's lots of places to target where the, what is that thing called? The spark. The the spark. Where the spark, so the spark spawned in the middle of like a boxcar and it was accessible from many, many directions. Yeah, that was kind of nutty. And so I ended up dying a lot. Hmm. Mostly because I was trying to play the spark instead of play the hang back and shoot the guy with the spark. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I, um, I saw a lot of people die there in the <laughs> in the videos. <laughs> I, I think the spawn points were somewhat close, close enough that it was hard to sort of clear out the area before picking up the spark and making a run for it. Almost impossible. Unless Although, you wiped out the team I, all at once, or you know, very close. So one thing that happened during the show that will never ever happen again, but I was really happy with, two two different games, P 
people were totally clueless about what the point of the game was. And so the game started, and I immediately ran in, grabbed a spark, and ran and scored. Because that's never nobody, happen nobody again. had any. No, it's never going to happen again. It's never going to happen for anybody again because because you're never you're never going to be that clueless about what the routes are. Oh, right. Day but one. it was really nice that first time. Yeah, day one. Exactly. Yeah. I, I got to say the one thing I really liked about it just from seeing it was it seems like a combination of capture the flag with Griff Ball. Yeah, a little bit. Because a little bit. Because that whole you know. Explosion! Was, everybody dies. Which what's is that? actually closer to that other game that? I yeah. Saw, that um, the basketball type game. Yeah. Oh, from uh, Halo Four. Yeah. Can't remember what it's called. Anyway, it's closer to that, and the the whole idea. So they give you ricochet. extra points if you, ricochet. There you go. They give you extra points if you run backwards and and score backwards. But it's not, you know, the video shows the guy doing a backflip and slamming his thing in. That's all animation. You basically just walk backwards into the goal. Right. And it's, and that's a pretty unsafe thing to do just if there's anybody points. around. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, it's not like you came jumping in out of a corner somewhere and, and did a cool loop-de-loop and landed. It's, it's, you just saw that there was nobody near you, so you turned around and walked backwards. I'm sorry, I'm being a, a Debbie Downer. I shouldn't do that. <laughs> yep. Well, someone's going to find a way to do that. You're going, how did he... He was walking backwards. I was shooting him. Right. And they're still going to score the point. They're still going to score the point. Well, you don't actually... Wa- like, I, I, I'm walking backwards on my con- my controller, but that's not what the screen's showing. The screen's showing I'm doing that funky little backflip. Right. <laughs> that's what the animation is. Oh, I'm worried about blinking... Blinkers for that one, blink backwards into the goal. Can yeah, that's gonna be. I, I wonder about that. I didn't see any sort of last minute saves. Like if you got near the goal, you scored. We had a last minute. I didn't save see anybody. Did you really? Yeah, like he, the guy, as he died, he he fell through the rift. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Yeah. I didn't. I was looking for those and never saw one. If people got close enough to to sort of you know start the jumping animation, they almost always made it in. So I'm glad to hear that because that'll make it you know that'll make blinkers a little less dangerous. But you're right, they're still going to be it's still going to be hard. <laughs> and forget about backwards, forward blinkers are going to be hard. Just don't let them get that close. All right, That's the trick. I gotta go, guys. All right, I thanks, Claude. Guys, thank See you ya. for having. Me. See you, Claude. Enjoy the rest of the talk. And Bye. Bye. <laughs> so, well, thank God he's gone. Oh my jeez! <laughs> now we can talk about cool stuff. So uh, I guess now it's two on two. We got Levi and Zenos, uh, who weren't at the show, and we got Biggie and me, Bjorn. I didn't introduce myself. I'm Bjorn. <laughs> I realized. Um, Just to edit, edit it, and post. Yes, post. You can do so much in editing. Yeah, but, you could uh, probably reduce everything we've said to about half of <laughs> This will be the five time. minutes long. Great. So, so I had one small question for you guys. Yeah. And I don't know if you even saw it, but I was watching people playing Rift and Clash in all the videos, you know, that they had. And the tracker had the the like sections half the width of the current ones. Sometimes. The tracker. Yeah, like the, the radar. Oh yeah. So Biggie, did you see that? Uh, no. 
Yeah, I can't figure out what the mechanic is. I was watching people play all day. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really curious about that. Yeah, it seemed to trigger... Like, at one time I thought, well, whenever you pop your super, uh, that happens. But no, it wasn't 100%. Um, then I thought, well, maybe somebody was crouching. Like, when if you crouch for a second, then it comes back. And you get that, like, extra precision on your motion tracker. No, that wasn't <laughs> it. Well, I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see then. But yeah, it definitely splits into like twelve or fourteen slices and becomes a lot more accurate. But it only lasts for like a few seconds. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad somebody saw that because it was driving me nuts. I couldn't figure out what it was. <laughs> it was it was driving me equally as nuts. I would I even like rewatched the section in the video like four times trying to figure it out. Ask one of the bungee guys in he, he didn't work on the multiplayer team, so he was like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it just snuck into the build. Yeah, exactly. I think there were a couple of things like that. There was uh, Duncan found a really cool thing where um, if you're looking at your inventory screen, if you pull the left trigger while your inventory's up, all your weapons get a little icon showing what their uh, elemental damage type is. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So you can, like... Just hold down the left trigger and then mouse around or scroll around and find your, uh, you know, like, oh, there's my void shotgun. Yeah. It looks just like my other ones, but now I don't have to, like, hunt around for it. Yeah, that was all, uh, especially in the, uh, the Dark Below, I had three LDRs, all with different damage types. Mm-hmm. And I always took the wrong one with me. <laughs> <laughs> so the E3 floor layout was kind of interesting. It, most games get one booth at E3. <laughs> um, Destiny and Star Wars Battlefront had two booths. One in each Battlefront hall. had three. Battlefront had three? Yeah. I didn't see the third one. There was one outside. Oh, yeah, okay. That's sort of a booth. Okay. Did you Pseudo have to have booth. a badge? Uh, uh, I don't think so, actually. Okay. But no one was going to that one anyway, so it was like, okay, I'll just go there. Yeah, I found out about it on my way to the taxi to the <laughs> airport because it was next to the taxi stand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so E3's got the, the two main halls, and Activision was in the South Hall, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, which is, like, the big one. So you had, like, Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, and Destiny in That's... what is quite literally a building on its into itself. Yeah. South Hall is all third-party stuff. Uh, basically gotcha that makes sense yeah okay yeah this is my first d3 so there was like a big learning curve yeah so i'm, I'm guessing the other booth was uh in sony yeah so the other one was a sony booth and that's where the um the clash mayhem game type was and that's where i was working so i saw a lot of mayhem related to destiny or unrelated <laughs> both <laughs> actually you know it was interesting like this uh, Everybody I talked to before the show said, oh, man, it's going to be crazy. You know, I, I sort of had in my mind that the crowd was just going to be unwieldy and we're going to be, like, fending people off with sticks. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I had this, like, worst-case scenario in my head. And it was like, totally awesome. Um, like, all the, all the attendees were, like, super polite and uh, everybody was just really excited to be able to get some hands-on time and see the games. It, it was cool. Yeah, it's definitely not as bad as, like, you know, waiting in line at PAX or something. Uh, yeah, PAX is pretty crazy. So what do you guys think of the, the, the Mayhem game type? I think that's it's, the one I, I saw the least of. 
It's definitely insane. There's a lot of mayhem going on. It's properly named. <laughs> so, what was it? the one of the maps I had on that one had a bunch of man cannons and teleporters? Crossroads, yeah. That yeah. was that was it was a good map. Oh, it had yeah. teleporters too. Yeah, teleporters and so it was it, it's like um two two battle areas and they're connected by man cannons. And then there were teleporters on the side. And so if you went through the side teleporter of one, you'd end up on the side of the other area. Okay. And so you could you could tra- traverse the map very quickly, which I think was really good for the mayhem mode because it was just constantly chaos, which is the whole point. I'm guessing a lot of midair supers. So <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people launching and then hitting their super button in midair. And just like landing and devastating everything. <laughs> or or if you're the hunter, I saw this several times. Uh, hunter midair goes to shoot the bow and doing that slows your momentum. And so the bow would hit the ground and the hunter would just fall to their death. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it happen over and over and over again. I don't know if it's a bug or a you know, feature. <laughs> Oh, they'll, they'll call it a feature either way. Yeah, so. yeah. but it was kind of funny. I it, same thing with the warlock um, doing the storm collar. It, it there was one time where I landed and had to like jump myself up the edge of the wall to not <laughs> fall as I'm you know throwing lightning everywhere. But yeah, the mayhem game type was crazy because um, the supers come back if you're just standing there. I think it's forty seconds. Oh jeez. And if you're so if you're doing anything, throwing grenades, getting assists, kills, whatever, you know, it, you can get a super every twenty to thirty seconds. Yeah, I'm guessing that's not going to be a permanent game type. If I had to guess, they'll probably use it for trials. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, it might, I'd have a better chance to get into the lighthouse. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Yeah, but that was a lot of fun to to see people play that, and it was good because. Um, so I think. Cloud said that he had a lot more fun with Mayhem. And I don't know about... How did you feel about it, Biggie? Uh, I'm definitely... I thought it was a lot of fun, but I'm definitely a person that likes a little more competitive, uh, less chaotic mm-hmm. gameplay. So Rift was definitely my, my favorite of the two. But it, I, it was it was a lot of fun. If you have fun with, like, you know, Halo's party game types, then Mayhem is definitely for you. Uh, it, Mayhem seemed more like... A... If we were going to get a bunch of DBO people together and just of varying skill levels <laughs> and just have fun, yeah, there was a lot of people like just sort of giggling as they're running around, just throwing supers and causing total mayhem. Did, Stu- did, uh, stupid stuff happens in that game type. I yeah. bet. Did a heavy ammo drop more often too? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So grenades, um, supers. So it was just your ability regen. Um, yeah, and heavies were, I think, I think it dropped three or four times in 12 minutes. <laughs> or, yeah, sorry, seven minutes. There weren't 12-minute games, there were seven-minute games. And it dropped three or four times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Levi's quiet. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry. I figured <laughs> the person who actually knows what they're talking about should be talking, so I haven't quite found that spot where I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, that's... Uh, that's because they went, and I neglected way too much work to watch all the E3 stuff. Yeah, I just woke up and was like, oh, it's E3? I didn't realize, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of snuck up this year. I Like, I was like, yeah, I'm going this year, and then 
kind of forgot about it, and then the week came, and I was like, oh, I guess I go to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys want to talk about the, uh, <clears throat> the pricing debacle? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to. I will, Actually, I'd just like to point out one thing about the uh, campaign mission. Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely think people that were disappointed with missions in the base game aren't really going to like what is in store, or at least what I've seen. Um, even if there's not a lot of, you know, cutscenes going on, the missions themselves are very much traditional in the sense that there's a ton of scripted things going on, um, a lot of little vignettes and animations and cool things to look at. Uh, so I definitely think people will, will be happy with Taken King single-player stuff. Like seeing the um, the catch hit the uh, the space shuttles and the Cosmodrome, like you see that at the beginning of Destiny and then like that kind of stuff just kind of Yeah, there's tons disappears. of ships flying around. On, what is it, Phobos, the mission? Yeah, yeah. There's tons of ships flying around. There's Cabal crawling around and getting smashed by elevators and being sucked out of like black holes that open. It's really cool. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, it, honestly, just from the trailer, it looked more like like a Halo kind of experience. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I was that of all the things I saw for Destiny, that was the biggest takeaway for me, besides the supers. I, I well, think you, probably. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say you've been looking at. House of Wolves, you can see, I mean, I felt a, especially that first uh, story mission of House of Wolves, immediately it felt more like uh, a Halo campaign because there was just new things happening and um, like taking that spider tank on with the new vehicle, um, which I can't, is it just the heavy pike? Is that what it's yeah. called? Um, like I found myself, I was just flipping like just tumbling over and over across rocks as mines were shooting out hmm. every direction and it was very chaotic and it just was uh, sandboxy and uh, it was the kind of thing that would happen you know in Halo my warthog would be flipping over and over and somehow I'd land on a scarab and then blow it up or something <laughs> and so to see more of that start to creep in is nice yeah definitely yeah I think kind of along the Similar lines. Is I think the thing I was most excited about was the talk of the uh, dreadnought. Yeah, the dreadnought. Because just the idea that we're going to have a location that is more like a dungeon instead of like yeah, like a just kind of an empty location. I think is really exciting. Yeah, I think <clears throat> my thought on that was so something that's always bothered me about, and not not just Destiny, but like any game that has. Um, how to describe it it's like you have it's semi-open world so you have these like little pockets of of open space that's all built out but you cannot go beyond that so you know there right. are supposed to be other cities and other locations and like what's you know outside the gates and right and so that's what's bothered me <laughs> that it's like i have this thing and i know i want to go somewhere else but i just can't do it because they didn't build it it's not part of the game um, so something like a ship has a, there's a finite amount of space. And so I feel like it would be, it'll be satisfying to maybe be able to explore the entirety of a ship right. and that can be its own place. And you don't feel like, Oh, you know, I wish I could go check out the rest of this place. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'd rather have the potential for, 
even though I can't get there, just the <laughs> feeling, the atmosphere of openness, like I wish, uh, like just dro- dropping into Mars, you know, there's this sense of open, you know, endless exploration. And of course, then you walk 200 yards or whatever, and there's a wall, um, <laughs> which isn't fun, but at the same time, uh, at least that that atmosphere is there. I'm actually worried that the dreadnought is going to be, I mean, if that's going to be this fully enclosed patrol, I find that I'm always, um, like if I patrol the moon, I don't go down into the hell mouth. Like I avoid it like the plague yep. and I'm always out in the open. And it's like, I feel like it, I don't even know if it, it's not actually true. It just feels like, uh, everything is more accessible, even though it, it really isn't. And so it's like, like there's certain areas in the Cosmodrome I steer towards because it's it feels open even though it's really just as open as um, like the Skywatch area and yeah. I, I hardly ever find myself up there because you have to go through little hallways and for some reason I'm scared of little hallways. <laughs> well, what's interesting to me, so I get what you're saying because I do the exact same thing. Um, so for me, part of the reason I don't go to those places is because if I if I get like a mission patrol mission to go out to you know to go into the hellmouth right to kill a, a wizard right in there the problem is once i'm I've, I've gone all the way down i complete the mission and then there's nothing for me to do yeah there then you are just no have missions to down there go backwards and i guess that's what i'm worried that the dreadnought might be like a really big hellmouth and yeah you're gonna how, how are they but but i mean again they can if it's so huge they can have open areas within an enclosed space. It's basically just the skybox that is closed and not the area, the, the gameplay area. True. Yeah, and, and if they, you know, disperse the, the missions appropriately, then... Yeah, it's... It, it, the, this hive uh, dreadnought is... I guess they're just constantly being boarded. And, um, <laughs> yeah. like, the engineers are at the back, like yelling at the you know the the pilots and they're all getting attacked just i don't know it's kind of hilarious to think about that yeah like that is a terrible ship security if you just have constant borders (laughs) leaking in well and and that's always been something that's been amusing to me about about destiny is uh the story very very much sets it up that you're the big hero you know but but then you you know you you get to the to venus and your ghost is talking about how no one's been to Venus in a really long time. And you get there, and, oh, hey, look, there's another player. <laughs> <laughs> look, there's, there's a whole bunch of other players. Oh, hey, look, there's a, there's a patrol mission. <laughs> like, they haven't been there in a long time, but they're, they're, they're ready for you. <laughs> yeah, that disconnect's always bothered me. Yeah, it's like they're... they're and in some, some ways, they build it up like you're the you know, only one doing this. And then at other times, it feels like they don't want to, um, I don't know, like give things an in, a final ending so that right. it, but, but that I don't, I, I would rather have like a, you know, Halo 3 finite ending and just all of us pretend that, you know, it didn't happen than compromise the uh the fun of some big epic uh story conclusion if that makes any sense well and, and you know we're we're heaping praise on on house of wolves here but uh i think house of wolves did a good job of, of balancing between those two because uh the beginning is very much like oh 
welcome the guardians and not just you, you know? Yeah. And then once you get in there, the queen talks to you as the one that killed the, the, uh, the heart of the black garden. And I yeah. thought that was a nice balance because it, it made it make sense that everywhere I go, these other guardians are also killing wolves. But at the same time, it still feels like my hero's the one that's doing all the real work. <laughs> and then uh, they did a nice job with the the story arc of Skolas. Yeah. Like, finishing it um, up on top of the, the citadel, like, up in the sky. Like, that was just really cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I did that three days ago or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, you you got through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I which was funny because uh, I really I love that skybox and I kept trying to jump into the the other cube areas, but I could not. I just kept dying. But uh, uh, then when Skolas finally showed up, I th- for some reason I thought I was going to have to go through the portal and then fight him. And so the or the time gate, the vex gate. Um, and so when he just popped up out of nowhere in front of it, I kind of just yelped and. <laughs> kind of just ran all the way back to the beginning of the, the elevator shaft. <laughs> and I yeah. just, I, I really enjoyed thinking of Petra or the Queen watching like a video feed of this brave guardian, like running all the way <laughs> away from the uh, Are you sure this is the right one? <laughs> yes, he's just going to equip Icebreaker. That's all he's doing. <laughs> Strategy. <laughs> he's trading out Galhorn for Icebreaker because he's out of rocket ammo. So, um, why doesn't they? Why don't they use some um, just general ghost dialogue that you know they? I mean, even if we've heard it before in in like specific circumstances, I'm surprised that they don't reuse or use something that you know uh, we you know some. You know how Halo had, like, the Marines had a billion uh, pieces of dialogue or whatever. Um, I'm sure they've got a bunch recorded for the Ghost. I'm surprised that they don't use anything at all when in the DLC missions. Like, they're... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. This place is amazing. Yeah, like, uh, or just, you know, him saying, you know, I can do that or anything. something like that. Yeah, it's weird that it goes... From nonstop talking to absolute zero. Well, and he doesn't say anything in the mission you guys played either, right? I would uh, have to talk about that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall hearing anything. I, I would assume you are because the press played it and they are talking about everything. Okay. But <laughs> I'll just go on a limb and say no. Okay. There was no ghost so far. It, it just puzzles me that. They don't even use it in in some limited way to at least make it feel like it's still present. Like uh, it worries me that they're gonna just get rid of I it. Don't know. Yeah, Drop or or yeah, replace it or some you know uh, get a, a a new voice actor or something. Yeah, I for one have never been in the camp of having a problem with the ghost. I've I always actually really liked the ghost. Um, I've been, I just actually yesterday finished leveling my second warlock on PlayStation. So I went through all the missions again and I was enjoying the ghost dialogue. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's only like a few lines the 60th time I've heard them that, you know, I start to think, yeah, that maybe could have been better. But like the first time through, I wasn't, you know, thinking about that at all. Um, and uh, I wonder if it, I wonder how like DLC contract contracts work with DLC with voice actors, like if they're doing the main game and, you know, they're this persistent character, do they... You know, how does that, I wonder if, like, maybe yep. his contract somehow doesn't, didn't cover DLC or something. I don't know. It seemed like a weird oversight, but yeah, I mean, could be anything, right? Yeah. I wonder if, so maybe Destiny 2 begins with your ghost being shot and killed. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the game is trying to find another ghost uh, before you die, I for, guess. For all we know, uh, Taken King starts at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then you jump in a jump ship and a long night of solace two level starts is what I'm going to guess. <laughs> I don't know if I'm setting my hopes up. A it's like, it's like fan fiction. Yeah. And if every, I did a, if I did a destiny comic, it would just start with a space battle just to get it over with because <laughs> I have urges. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I always and I always thought a good uh, bit of a comic storytelling would be somebody just going to orbit in like a story uh, presentation and then just going back to the planet, but right behind the bad guy. That seems like a good strategy. Like, <laughs> well, those are darkness zones. You can't join there. <laughs> oh right, right, right. So, you guys have any uh, questions like about E three? Um. Will someone help me get to the lighthouse? Is my only question. I think at this time. <laughs> what console? Uh, the one or three sixty. Um, it's ba- the lighthouse is basically like a philosophical concept to me now. Like it's right. just this thing that I will never. I don't know what it is really. Like I just have a vague notion of it, and I know I'll never get there. Yeah, well, I feel you. I, th- I think we can <laughs> suspect from the E three trailer though that uh, if you get your Titan. You'll go to the the lighthouse. Was that the same oh. location? It looked yeah, like it. it. It is. Okay, I thought it looked. I, so I have purposefully not watched the lighthouse cinematic, so that if someday I'm able to go, it'll be like okay, a fresh I'll, new experience. I'll put you guys in my backpack any day. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna need a big backpack. I I, th- I think the thing I've heard though is uh, like because I'd say zero is probably one of the best players on on Xbox. And, and he and uh, I have had so much trouble. Well, and that, and that's what he said is he's like it's not just skill; it's also luck because oh, it's yeah. like you're you're gonna get matched up against people that are better than you, no matter how good you are. Yeah, we had we had a good run a couple weeks ago. We did like six and zero. Oh, was looking good. Was feeling good. And then we got <laughs> shut down. Yeah, I, I we got uh, two wins, lost three in a row. And then one seven in a row. Wow. <laughs> but then what happened? Well, then you lost that, one. Well, you, you, I, we lost three, so we didn't go to the lighthouse because yeah. we had the forgiveness. There should be somewhere else you get to go if you lose horribly, like like somewhere really boring where nothing happens and your <laughs> guardian's just going to sit there. The reef sewers. Yeah. <laughs> Here, the help Titans the sweeper just, bot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the commiseration area. 
There's one sad cake. It's been sort of picked over. <laughs> uh, but you said, you know, you you mentioned. Do we want to talk about the the pricing debacle? Oh yeah. And I I think the only thing I'd say that's that's just kind of been bugging me. So I'm gonna get a tiny bit preachy. Is uh, everybody was super excited when Taken King was announced, and we knew the pricing, we knew everything. Nothing actually changed at all. It's like we had a, an interview with Luke that, you know, you can argue whether or not it was misunderstood or not. But I think the main thing is that Taken King is still the same thing it was then. And if you don't want to pay, you know, what you think is a exorbitant sum for collector's edition, legendary edition, whatever, don't do it. And that's the best way to to tell a company that you don't agree with their pricing structure. But I don't think there's any reason to to suddenly get depressed about Destiny because of <laughs> one one interview that even the interviewer said was taken out of context. So th- that's all I really have to say about it. Yeah, I would just say, like, Luke is a pretty sarcastic guy, and that totally doesn't come through through text. Nope. Yeah. Um, he's definitely not trying to, like, disrespect the community or, you know, any of that stuff. But um, I would say that there... There seems maybe, I mean, I'm not sure, but I think the way they've approached the Taken King has kind of been weird. I don't think they should, they haven't been calling it an expansion, but I think people are assuming it's like another House of Wolves crota type deal. Right. And this is, this is substantial. This is like, this is basically another entire game. And I don't, perhaps people aren't treating it that way or don't think it is. Yeah, I get the sense that it's somewhere in between. It's like, it's... This is I don't actually know this, but I get the sense that it's like it's larger than the two DLCs, but smaller than like a, De- a Destiny Two release, right? Yeah, so somewhere between that. And, and if you, yeah, it feels if you weird look to at call it an expansion, yeah, if you look at um, kind of like those, I don't know if they were officially released, but there were before Destiny released, there were like you know, um, I think Duncan was covering it. It was like the lawsuit stuff between Infinity Ward and. Yeah. Activision, there was some the Destiny information. Yeah, like if you look at that, you know, I'm assuming this is what Comet is, Taken King. Right. right. And that was, that. you know, that seemed like it was a, a substantial addition to Destiny. It wasn't just some, like, here's some DLC. Well, yeah, from that from that leaked slide, it was uh, 12 multiplayer maps, and uh, I can't even remember how many missions, but it was basically, it was... It was a lot of stuff. It was it was two or three times what was in either of the expansions, and and uh, Luke's been very clear to whenever they ask him how many strikes or how many missions, be like, well, we're not going to talk about numbers because it's hard to quantify that stuff. So yeah. we'll especially see. Especially now that they're doing the quests and and the little mission stuff, uh, which I really like. I mean, it I feel like it fills up. Um, I like having like big story missions and then little, little ones in between that kind of slow down the pace and stuff. Some yeah. glue, like there's a little continuity. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was actually six PvP maps, is what the the slide said. But we already know that's outdated because uh, one of the developers in an interview said that they're showing about a third of the maps. And there was four. Yeah, there and were four, four maps on on the show. So. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything to say about the pricing structure 
Like if you, you know, it's 40 bucks for the game, the base game, if you have Destiny. And if you feel like spending more for more stuff, then spend it. And if you don't, you don't. There's not, you can't, I don't know what to say. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the one thing that I couldn't wrap my head around when they did the announcement was the I fact that the say. two collector's <laughs> editions were the same price. Yeah. But one's got oh, a yeah. bunch of physical stuff and one just doesn't. Well, and that I, was just weird. I think I, I read in. And it's it's rumored, but it, it sounds very likely, which is GameStop, because it's a GameStop exclusive. Mm. And so people think that GameStop might have put up some money, and that's why it's it's uh, got, it. got more stuff. Yeah, Who it's, uh, I was just going to say, it's weird to, like, I don't think everything was like, I don't even, you know, I don't know if, ever, if the, structure, the pricing structures are perfect or whatever. It's just weird to see how much that stuff um, like drives the uh, social media narrative when you compare it to other mediums and other uh, you know entertainment things where um, like people and I and I've talked I mentioned like comics in the forum once about how like people don't usually like interviewers don't ask why this writer why their comic, you know, Marvel uh, increased their price or whatever of the comic. They're, they ask them questions about um, the com, you know, what they're actually responsible for. And it's weird to, that how that is, uh, how that uh, journalistic narrative or whatever is different for different mediums because um, people will complain about, like, the pricing of a comic, but they don't, like, actually actually directed at the content of the comic it's like a right. it's like a, it's a weird distinction and like um i play the x-wing uh miniatures game tabletop game and yeah, me, me too <laughs> yeah so that thing is like uh money suck and like a you know a void of or a black hole of money because you want to get you know uh if once you get the you know one X-wing, all of a sudden, oh, I love how this plays. I need like four more of them, and all of a sudden, that's you know sixty dollars or whatever. And um, it's weird how everybody's okay with spending heaps of money on certain mediums, um, and then you spend way less than that on a video game, and people like go crazy. And because yeah. um, I don't even, I don't have. Like it still, I mean, uh, Taken King sounds expensive to me because I, you know, I'm operating on a very small wallet, and so, but it, but it doesn't. Um, I don't know. Like everything just sounds expensive to me. Uh, <laughs> well, but, I, but okay. I was just the last thing I was going to say was that like, but compared to, I spend all that money. Uh, me and my girlfriend spend that much money on the the X Wing games, and then we play like, you know, twice a month. And then, and it's fun, but then I play Destiny, you know, a few times a week. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just kind of a, it's weird how people get um, riled up about those things when they don't get riled up in other mediums, right. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, I think, I think a, a big part of that is gamers have gotten very complacent. And I don't mean that in a, in a, you know, offensive way but we're we've been used to paying sixty dollars since the original xbox yeah and and but 
I we all know game development prices are going up, not down. So it it, it makes sense to me that things are going to be a little bit more expensive when it comes to DLC because they've already shown we're not willing to pay more than $60 for the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so which, which is weird. I mean, kind of, when you think yeah. of it compared to other, I mean, movie prices have slowly gone up forever. I mean, comic prices started off at a dime and now they're, you know, 5 or $6 sometimes. And, and, that's a, and it's a steady growth. And yet com- uh, video games, it, it like flatlined. And, yeah, and now to make up for that flat line, they've got to do other things to try to make up for it. And I almost, I'd almost rather have the the base price go up and have less, you know, crazy things, you know, yeah, Doritos and uh, Red Bull or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with you there. I think one thing I've kind of had to adjust my view on destiny as more of a i almost don't want to use this word but it's kind of a growing service rather than so if you look at a game like world of warcraft you have a subscription base for that and then you're also paying for uh expansion packs um on consoles you don't really have a model like that yet and i think destiny is trying to tackle that model for consoles and slightly different though as there's no subscription and instead of like waiting every two years for the next substantial release like Destiny 2, Destiny 3, it's it's just Destiny and you're going to get big content drops every year at a slightly uh, smaller price than the 60 bucks. So I just think players maybe might want to view it a little differently than your three-year cycle game. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the thing with World of Warcraft that I sort of sat back and thought about it I played for many years, and that's fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, if you get like a year, it goes down to I think like thirteen dollars a month. But cost-wise, I mean, I have two copies of Destiny, one for Xbox, one for PlayStation, and my maintenance cost on that is still lower than what I was paying for World of Warcraft. Yeah, and I played a lot more. <laughs> well, yeah. The- uh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Well, and it, uh, just in that that same vein, it's like the thing I like about that is. If for whatever reason, if I ever fall out of playing Destiny for a while, I'm not worried about, like, should I keep my subscription, should I not, like you were with MMOs. It's right. like, if I just don't do anything, I don't, I'm not charged more money, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. You yeah. just got to keep your Xbox Live or your PlayStation up Because that's, that's the thing that drove me crazy about MMOs. I played EVE for probably a year, and I, but for four months of that, I didn't even touch it. And that's, you know, that's... Eight bucks a month, I think, is what I was paying down the down the drain every month for nothing. And there's not that worry with a game like Destiny. It's like I either play it and I enjoy it, or and I pay a little bit of money to keep doing that, or I don't pay anything and I I don't lose anything. And so far, it seems I mean nobody's compelled to upgrade. Yeah, it's not like the game's going to stop working if you don't pick up the the expansions or. In fact, I know I know several people on the forums that haven't bought the upgrades. There's several of them. Yeah, it's kind of like compared to you know, if MMOs are usually subscription, Destiny is closer to a tabletop game model. Like you buy the core set, and then you buy the expansions. And if you want to stay up, you know, if you played in tournaments or whatever, you'd need to be caught up or whatever um, to play 
what everyone else is playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it is kind of interesting, like you guys point out, that Destiny's model is more, it's kind of different. It's kind of unique like that compared to others. Yeah. I like For me, that's a lot of the uproar about, you know, like it, it, Taken King's not Destiny 2. And it's like, it's not supposed to be. I don't, I don't ever think you're really going to get a Destiny 2. You're just going to get an endless stream of content and you pay per con- per piece of content. You're not forced to pay in advance for content that might not show up. Right. Yep. So it's just been changing my perception of what Destiny is. And I, I think it's kind of breaking new grounds for the console pay model. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm just talk- making things up, but that's just the way I'm seeing it. Do you think if Destiny had a subscription service, do you think people would be... Uh, less uh surprised or frustrated with like uh you know any i mean i guess these announcements would be almost completely different they'd be paying more probably in the long run and getting the same content but i wonder if a subscription service would almost like uh i don't know like a it's more uh of a consistent um like uh it's hard to complain. Like if they don't increase yeah. the prices, it's hard to. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. I yeah. just I think that's a hard sell to a console audience. Yeah, I think I think a subscription is like the devil for anyone that plays on Xbox or PS3. Well, um, especially or PS4. You, sorry. Especially because on three of the four consoles it's on, you're already paying a monthly fee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I want a subscription at all. I'm just I'm just wondering hypothetically if that would have if if people would uh be less um I don't know what I'm trying to say here, angered by um expansions if they were paying a regular fee instead of in big heaps. This is completely uh, like unfounded on anything, but I just get the sense that if there were a subscription model there would be fewer players. It would be a smaller player base, meaning that you'd have to, the monthly subscription fee to sort of break even might have to be higher than we'd think. I I think having a subscription model would be a sort of self-filtering system. And it it, it makes it less inviting for people to hop in and play because right now you buy the copy of Destiny and you hop on and play. Yeah. And even if you don't have a gold or, you know, PSN Plus account, you can still play Destiny. You just can't play all of Destiny. Yeah, and I think there are other ways to supplement, uh, for Bungie to supplement their game that don't require, yeah, (laughs) that don't require subscriptions. Uh, What was it, Bungie Pro? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Bungie Pro. You get more exotic drops. (laughs) <laughs> oh, people would hate that. Oh, or just gosh. more uh, vault space. That should be what it is. More yeah. They should open like a one of the nine in Jupiter or whatever should be like a banker's union who <laughs> they have a bunch of vault space that you can go rent out for like actual money or whatever. Yeah. One one extra weapon space for one dollar a month. <laughs> I'm going to guess that one of the nine is going to be Red Bull uh, TM. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Just a Red Bull can. Yeah. Zer- maybe there's boss. Maybe in a robe, at least. Like, just sticking out the top of a robe. Yeah. So it's got a little bit of, uh, 
I don't know, atmosphere to it. I think you need to sketch this up and, <laughs> and send it to me so I can put this on the podcast artwork. And it's, it's I agree. mouth animation is the little, uh, what do you call it, can open thing at the top. The just tab. Keeps moving. The tab. The tab. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I actually saw one at, at my local 7-Eleven. And I'll, I'll admit it, I bought it. <laughs> it's, I, oh, I thought you were saying you not saw a talking red bull no. No, no, in sorry. a robe. <laughs> I saw that, a talking red bull once. Well, that's their, Let me tell you. That's their stand-up, like their card How many stand-ups. red bulls had you had <laughs> before you saw the talking red bull? Uh, only two more than my an average day. No, but uh, I, yeah, I bought one. I, I doubt I'll buy more. I think the... The funniest thing about the Red Bull thing to me is a Red Bull even by itself is like three bucks. The only reason I ever bought Mountain Dew in anything related to Halo is because it's a dollar less. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm thirsty. I might as well get a get a Mountain Dew and get some <laughs> Halo stuff. I really don't see me doing that with Red Bull stuff. Or <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll drop three dollars for 50 percent extra XP for 30 minutes. Is that what it is? 30 minutes? Yep. Wow. 30 minutes. I get stressed out about those XP things. I never use them because I think, oh, what if something happens in that 30 minutes and I have to quit? <laughs> what if my power goes out? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's uh, why I'm sure everybody's going to do this with these, too. You just complete a bunch of bounties and then activate one and then turn them in. Oh, yeah. Genius. I thought of that all on my own. I didn't get that from somebody else on the forum at all. (laughs) (laughs) Did um, Gamer Fuel back in the day unlock anything for Halo? No. Okay. I didn't think so. It wasn't wasn't until Halo 4 that you got stuff. Which is an XP boost, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I remember getting Gamer Fuel once with Halo 3 and staying up all night. (laughs) <laughs> and like, or not all night, but like till five in the morning playing Halo Three. And the the next day, I felt like I had a hangover. Like, <laughs> you probably did have a hangover. I, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but the original Gamer Fuel Halo Halo Gamer Fuel was disgusting. It's so. Gross. Oh yeah, it was. So <laughs> it was very disgusting. It was like I had the grunt methane mask like <laughs> breather or whatever. If they if they had marketed it like that, I actually would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> Tanks of methane for uh, your grunty thirst. That would be awesome. There you go. So with uh, Destiny, they'd have to. I don't know what. Do the, don't the fallen vex juice vex juice vex oil and um, no, it's a uh, ether, right? Ether. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ether. Yeah, that sounds good. I guess. <laughs> well. I think we we're like a little over an hour here. So, uh, do you guys have any other thoughts or questions, uh, questions about other E3 oh. stuff? Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I guess we did. I, I, for a second, I thought we forgot to talk about Stormcaller, but we did. Uh, we didn't talk about grenades. Should we? Oh, so my favorite new grenade is the Hunter grenade <laughs> because yeah. so if you're if you if you are looking north. You throw the grenade. When it hits the ground, it spreads out. It makes this line in the ground with purple flame going from like east to west. And so it goes perpendicular to the angle that you're throwing it. That's and awesome. uh, if anybody walks into it, their screen goes black. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And it turns and their your screen all purple. just and... shuts off. And... 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, might as well. Death. It, it, yeah, it's super disorienting. So the so, first time I ran into that, that was... I saw that uh, I saw that effect in one of the one of the videos, and I thought it was the smoke grenade. I think that does the same thing. Okay, interesting. So basically, they have the one that'll do it, and then they ha- when they're out of that one, they can throw the other one. <laughs> yeah, it's a nasty effect. Oh man, I'm so excited about that subclass. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm not a big hunter fan with what's going on with the game right now, but. I've been leveling hunters ever since. <laughs> I'm excited for the new classes. I I'm a warlock through and through, and I play my hunter and titan as second characters, so they're always getting like leftover gear and that sort yeah. of stuff. But I'm like excited to get the the titan and the hunter built up and play the new subclasses. Yeah, and I it's cool that the subclasses are quests, or they seem to be. Yeah, yeah, that looked neat. Well, and I think they, they're obviously been working on this probably since Destiny launched for the Taken King. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm guessing that was probably in response to people saying, you know, why aren't there different quests for classes and for races? So right. It makes sense. I mean, because oh. you're not going to just magically like have this new ability because you've been playing for a year. Because fiction. Because well, fiction. But the, they could have very easily, though, not not made the the mission specific to your your class and just been like oh yeah and then you get to the end and on this here's your pillar, reward yeah no no i definitely appreciate that it's it's gonna have some uh some anchoring to your character because you always feel better like when you when you feel like you've earned something rather than just it, like just given to you yeah yeah when when i first when they first started talking about destiny i always thought I was imagining like leading like a friend through a desert and like saying, "Okay, this bad guy over here has this awesome gun, and like I got it already by killing him now, you know I'll help you kill him or whatever and that that kind of like linking the the world to the guns and the rewards, I think could be interesting if they well and uh Luke actually hinted at that in an interview. Yeah, I think I noticed that. Yeah. That's a Z3. Yeah. Nice. So I think that'd be a cool, I mean, I understand, I mean, I think random drops are fun too, but it would be a neat to have dedicated weapons that you earn from little side quests and things. I think that'd be, and, you know, they always talked about, like, your gun being a legend or something like that. Like, it, when you looked at somebody's gun, it would, like, describe the guardian. Yeah, yeah. And that would be cool if, you know, oh, he's got that gun. That means he went and killed that guy over, you know, on Mars or whatever. Um, but I think a part of that they might need a, a more, I mean, in like the Taken King allows more vo- locations and more um, uh, little pockets to get lost in. Because I'd like a lot more going forward. Um, uh, I know they, I read in an interview not that long ago, somebody linked to on the forum was... A developer said that the a lot of the spaces started out wider, uh, farther apart from each other, and wider, and because and then and then it, but it decreased the chances of people um, kind of running into each other, right. and so they they you know funneled them more. But in some ways, I, I don't know. I think I'd maybe do maybe funnel and then 
break open into even bigger areas where you can get lost in little side quests and earn little things that you can then... I like the idea of being able to, in like a social game, a social part of the game of like being able to tell someone, hey, I got this gear or gun from this place or thing mm-hmm. um, or event or something. Well, there there is going to be exclusive gear in the Red Bull quest. No. That's true. <laughs> if I go, I have to go to the store. I have to take and and then I buy a Red Bull and I get something. Yeah, exactly. You just tell the story of your quest to Seven Eleven. <laughs> but I always find that the Walmart skybox is kind of claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you, do you guys ever walk around just? Uh, like, you know, real world and look up sometimes and think, oh, that's a pretty good skybox. <laughs> I've done that once or twice, yeah. yeah I've done it a couple times. Yeah, relying on I said no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, the weapons feel, look and feel quite different. Oh, than they yeah. Do. Um, that, that's pulse that, rifle, pretty good. That pulse rifle is awesome. You well, want that. The, the look of the scout rifle is insane. Like, it's just like a frame almost. Yeah, yeah, with a little mm-hmm. canister on it. Yeah. I think it was Amalon, um, however you say Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is the company that makes, uh, oh man, what's the auto rifle, the exotic auto rifle? Not Suros. Hard, hard Light? Hard Light. Yeah, they got a very uh, uh, minimalist yet futuristic uh, aesthetic to them. Yeah, the, the new, all the new guns, basically, I'm seeing that are actually using new uh, models. Models, as opposed to you know pre-existing, you know reconfiguring pre-existing parts or whatever, really exciting. And all the armor, I think, like there's no to me, there's no dip in like quality or something. Sometimes DLC things seemed seem like you know some, an outfit you unlock in some game it can sometimes feel like it's tacked on, but like it, the art direction on gear seems to be just. Um, Staying just as awesome as the core game. Yeah, yeah. you can see the uh, the Suros rocket launcher. Oh yeah, <laughs> with a holographic sight. Oh, so good. <laughs> and it actually, I noticed it only on like the second day. There's even when you're not scoped in, there's a little holographic text. This is Suros. Oh, awesome! It's like their little logo, but it's it's where the sight would be, just sort of down at the bottom, and sort of always just floating in the game space. That's awesome. Like, nice little details. Well, I, the thing that was so interesting about it is I watched, like, the, the Vidoc, and I assumed the guns they were using were exotics because they look so different. Because, you know, before this expansion, it was, it was pretty easy, to really, to pick out the exotics. Right. Yeah. And so just seeing that and then seeing people open their inventory and being like, oh, my gosh, That's all of legendary. those are legendaries yep. was awesome. Yeah. That was pretty cool. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to turn into a pumpkin here pretty soon. I've... <laughs> okay. And I, I've, I've got to go kill Skolas in 30 minutes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You're scheduled. But um, thanks for getting together. It was fun to talk. I just tried to was Jones in to get a podcast going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it would be nice to get this started up again. We probably got 15 minutes of quality talking there. <laughs> None if of it was Claude. It was, you know, I'll raise the Claude stuff. That was, that was a warm-up. I wasn't even recording. <laughs> if we did this stuff more often, it would probably help. 
So, so, yeah. so speaking of recording, on the first day of E3, Claude's like, I'm just going to go see and check in with the Bungie. Well, there's like Activision people that will give you a schedule of like, hey, you can have an interview at this time. And so Claude's like, I'm just going to see if we can do this. And we got one, and they're like, you can do it in two hours. And he's like, oh, shit, we don't have anything to do interviews with. So I was like, just download an app on your phone where you can like record and you know edit the recording on there. And he's like, okay. So we got everything ready. We fielded questions from DBO, and we get in there. We're interviewing Mark Noseworthy, who's like executive producer on Taken King. Oh. And we get 20 minutes of interview, and then after, Claude goes, I forgot to press record. <laughs> <laughs> But I was filming it, so I got a little bit of audio. But yeah. Well, even if you guys can get text together or something, I mean, if all else fails, I'll just do an illustrated Claude talking to interpretive illustration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This could be. Cool. I'll have that Claude ta- uh, interviewing a Red Bull in a hood <laughs> <laughs> inside a Walmart skybox. Just sure. Just make, sure. Just make that scout rifle, except with. Instead of the Amalon canister, have it a Red Bull. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, guys. Well, thanks to everyone for listening. Maybe we'll get like five people. It'll be awesome. Yeah. And uh, tune in. Hopefully we'll get this rolling again. So keep an eye on the feed. Definitely. All right. Thanks, Zenos, Levi, Master Riggy, and Claude, wherever he is. (laughs) And I'm Bjorn. No problem. And uh, there's another DBO Starside Lounge. Thanks. Forgot that was the title. (laughs) Hey, Colin, did I tell you I got another Gallarhorn? Did you really? (laughs) No, I didn't. Although that would be really funny. If I had, I would have. So I've actually, after that second one dropped, I considered hooking up um, recording equipment so that I could record every game I play in case a third one dropped that I could send to Milan. But then I thought that might be mean. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, you should do it.